So one time, uh, I got engulfed in flames one time, and it was pretty crazy. Uh, so I'm going to tell a story about how that happened right here, like literally right here. Right here, okay? Uh, so we wanted to do this uh, illustration for a uh, middle school service, or maybe it was a high school service. I don't remember exactly. But there's this substance that if you sprinkle it in the air, uh, and then you, if you catch it on, if you light it with a lighter before it like settles, uh, it, it goes up in flames. And we had done little tiny illustrations of that. But we were like, let's do something really cool. Let's do it big. We wanted to do it huge. So we get a little, uh, we get the tallest ladder we have. And I am handed two containers of this stuff, okay? And I climb to the top of this ladder. And the first picture, we'll kind of see the first picture, okay? I'm at the top of this ladder, okay? And I have two containers of this stuff in my hands, mind you. Not like anything else, okay? And the thought process was, I am going to sprinkle this, this flammable powder down towards uh, Pastor Will, who's at the bottom, okay, in the, in the plaid shorts. Anyway, uh, and so this was, this was a while ago, okay? That was all the fashion 10 years ago. It wasn't, but nonetheless. Uh, and he has a propane torch at the bottom, okay? So I'm going to sprinkle this stuff. And he is going to light it by the time it reaches him. And we wanted to illustrate a column or a pillar of fire like in the time of Moses. And we thought, this is going to be awesome. Okay, so I reach out and I start sprinkling this stuff, okay? And then he lights it on fire. And this is what happens initially, okay? Uh, the, it's, it's lights on fire, which we knew was going to happen, okay? So I am continuing to sprinkle this said powder. Uh, as you can see, the flame is is expanding rather quickly, and I am noticing that the flame is expanding rather quickly, and I'm on top of a ladder. And the ladder, I look down, is, is in the flames, okay? So I, knowing that the flame is coming my way, pull back like this. Well, when I do that, all of said flammable powder also comes with me when I do this. So now I am now in a cloud of said flammable powder, okay? And so I do this, so then, go ahead, next picture. Okay, it gets bigger. Go ahead, next picture. It's bigger. Uh, next picture. It gets bigger. Uh, next picture. Okay, uh, I'm on the ladder, and that's, that's fire. That's fire right there in, in here, all over in here. Okay, one more. Go next one. Okay, now look at this, okay? Uh, this, I, okay, let's zoom in on this picture real fast. Zoom in, okay? It's not great. That's my face! In the fire, okay? I don't know if you watch Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball Super. That's the closest to going Super Saiyan I'm ever going to get. It's right there. Um, I don't want to do it again, uh, or it didn't give me any superpowers at all. It did make me smell really bad, though, because, okay, go to the next picture. Okay, it clears out. I, I, I see it. I clinch. Luckily, I closed my eyes, so I didn't, like, burn my eyes, but I was like, if I don't have eyebrows, I'm gonna be so mad. That's, like, the first thing that went into my head, because, like, I don't, if I, I have very dark eyebrows, okay? If those are gone, some, my face is messed up, okay? It's gonna look weird, and so, I mean, I luckily had, I still had eyebrows, but there was singed hairs all over my head, all over, like, the top, the back of my head. I was, like, feeling around, and there were singed hairs, in my, because like, I was in the fire, okay? And so this is what happened. Now, we all laughed at this. I survived. I was fine. When we were looking back at the pictures, though, we, we obviously were staring mostly at the whole flame and things, but we also noticed something else. So we're going to rewind back to the beginning of this, okay? Now, there is a person who uh, is dear to my heart holding the ladder 
right there, okay? And his name is uh, Josue, and we, uh, or his name was Josh, and he used to sing. He interned for us here at 4640. Uh, he worked on our campus ops team. He sang and led worship with me on stage here. I don't know if you guys remember Josh at all. I don't have any clue how long ago that was because I have no understanding of time. But nonetheless, and so he doesn't live here now. He lives in, he lives in Glenwood Springs now. But uh, and he lived with me for a while, and, and me and Julie, he was like my son, and he had my back. And so he was supposed to hold the ladder to make sure that if I panicked, the ladder didn't fall over because I'm up high, okay? So now, let's replay, okay? So next picture, he's holding strong, but you can immediately see his concerned face. He's like, that's some fire right there, okay? I don't know what I'm gonna do, okay? Next picture, he is now all of a sudden, he's still holding on, but with one hand. He's not stopping any ladder from falling over with one hand. But nonetheless, go next picture. <laughs> you can notice that right hand. It's starting to fall down. Next picture. Uh-oh. Next picture. Next picture. Ne that he's, next picture. He's gone. He left me completely, okay? My own flesh and blood. Not really. But, but my son was supposed to hold that ladder for me, okay? He was supposed to make sure, but all of a sudden, Self-preservation kicked in. He knew I was up on that ladder, and he knew he was supposed to hold that ladder. But all of a sudden, that, fly, that fire started kicking up, and he said, Joe, I love you, but this ain't, I might, I'm not about this. And he let go, and he backed off and didn't hold the ladder for me because we think a lot about ourselves in times of chaos, in times of danger, and all of these moments, we start to think a little bit inward, like, what would I do if I was around flames? I can't really blame the guy, like, it was hot. I was in the flames. I, from experience, I know I would have wanted to get away from the fire as well, but I was on top of a 15-foot ladder and could not. But as we've been talking about integrity the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about integrity as this internal thing, this sort of internal tension of doing the right thing. Our, our definition of integrity was doing the right thing, even if it costs you. If Josh would have done the right thing, it would have been to hold on to the ladder. It might have cost him a couple hairs or something like that, but it gets hard to do the right thing. And we know we care about integrity, not because we care that our, oh, we don't always care if we ourselves show integrity, but it bothers us when other people don't show integrity. How do I know this, okay? If you are driving down the road, if, if you drive, and someone cuts you off, that is not showing integrity, and you are immediately enraged by this because how dare they? I'm in this lane, how dare you? Or if somebody's driving in the left-hand lane and they are going below the speed limit, that is against the law. Excuse me, sir, do you not know the law in Colorado is slower traffic, stays to the right? All of a sudden, we know the whole rule book, okay? And we are throwing the rule book at these people. Why? Because they're not showing integrity behind the wheel. Now, if we cut somebody off, we're just like, sorry, sucker, you know, or if we like zone out and we're driving in the left lane, we want people to show us some mercy, but we don't always show that to other people. And we talked about how integrity, we know we want it, we know we care about it because we want it shown to us, but it's not as easy to show it to other people. Then last week, Pastor Jail brought up this verse that was in Proverbs 11.3. It said, the integrity of the upright will guide them. And we said, integrity should be what guides our life. And we, we asked the question last week, what guides you? Is it your feelings? Is it a relationship? Or is it integrity? And we kind of got to this conclusion that 
a lot of us don't know what guides us. We just kind of go with the flow. But we found out that that's kind of a, not a great way, a great compass to navigate life. But the Bible says that integrity will guide you. And we talked about how integrity is like looking upright and it's keeping our eyes ahead. So maybe when we don't have integrity, we're staring down at our feet and we're going and we're, we're looking at the situations that we're in and the immediate outcome of those situations. And we're saying, what would be the best thing right now? What would be the thing that would make me the most comfortable, the most happy, all of those things? And we're looking down. But upright is saying, let integrity guide you and look ahead because maybe what's good now isn't for the best later. And so we discussed, we talked about that. But integrity at its basic form is just being good. But tonight I want to talk about this. And being good just to be good maybe isn't enough when it comes to being a follower of Jesus. Because here's some interesting ideas. You can be careful you can be, you, you, you can watch out and be careful and not do anything wrong, but also not care about anybody else. You, you can yourself stay out of trouble, but also not help anyone else who is themselves in trouble. It's possible to keep your hands clean throughout life and not get your hands dirty by, by doing anything wrong without offering anyone else a helping hand. So put it simply, it's possible to be good, but not do any good. You can be good with your money, but not do anything good with your money. So with the begs the question, so what? What's the point? I am a good person. I am doing good things. I am being good. I'm staying in my lane. I'm watching out for me. I'm making sure that I don't do anything wrong, making sure that I do the stuff that I'm supposed to do as a Christian, and we have this belief that being a Christian means just being good. But what does Jesus have to say about that? And so we're going to look at that tonight. And he has this fascinating story in, in the Gospels about these Pharisees. And these Pharisees, these were the people in the Bible. Uh, they were the good people. They were the preachers. They were the teachers. They were the guys who knew all about the law and the re religion. They were really good at religion, and they did not like Jesus. Why did they not like Jesus? Because he was getting popular, and he was saying things that were kind of. Uh, they were, he kept talking about stuff that was that was that they didn't understand. Not just about being good, but but he kept pushing them to to do good. And so they wanted to trap Jesus. They wanted to. They sent in one of their like spies who was just an expert of the law or of of the religious, of basically of the Bible, an expert of the Bible to ask Jesus a question. And they wanted to ask Jesus this question so that they could try and trap him into answering it in a way that would make the crowd that was following him and love him turn on him. Because if he, they could get the crowd to turn on him, then they could arrest him and they could get rid of him and that was their goal. So this, this Pharisee, who was a expert in the Bible, let's say, goes like this. He asks Jesus a question. He go and he, and he kind of talks him up. He sort of, he, he, he acts respectful, but he's really just trying to trap him in this question. But he basically asks Jesus, hey, Jesus, you're smart and wise and all of these things. So let me ask you this question. What is the most important commandment? That's a simple question. What's the most important commandment? In Matthew 22, 37, Jesus answers. He says, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
all your soul and all your mind, basically. And for us, we're going, oh, that's a good idea. That does seem like the best commandment. But in that time, the crowd would have responded like, no, duh. We all know that. That's a dumb question. Why'd you ask that question? We only have so many questions to ask Jesus, and you wasted one. Because everybody knew that. that, that this, this is literally quoting directly from Deuteronomy 6.5 that says the exact same thing. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And so he, he, everyone knew that, and they, they knew that, and everybody thought they had this one down. That, that this was be good. Loving God meant being good. Loving God meant following the rules, and they had a lot of rules. They had so many rules. They had some 600 and something rules about all of these different things. You had to wear certain clothes and do certain things on certain days and, and sacrifice this kind of animal for this kind of sin. All of these rules, and they just said, okay, if I'm, if I'm good, if I just be good, perfect, I got this. Follow the Ten Commandments, the big ten rules. If I just don't lie, steal, cheat, great. I've got it. I've got this one down. But Jesus, on, his, on earth, he spent more of his time teaching us how to do good, more so than how to just be good. These people that were really good at being good were, were the Pharisees. They, they were the best at being good, or at least looking good, and Jesus often called them out and, and, and singled them out and kind of went after them. He calls them out even right after they ask this question. And he basically says, hey, everything you do is for show. All this being good that you're doing is just for show to make you think, feel good about yourself and to make other people think that you are good. And Jesus basically asks them, hey, you think you are good. But then he says, but what good are you doing? And more or less, all this is leading up to what Jesus says next. So he says first, Loving God, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Then he continues in Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine. He says, "A second is equally important." So this isn't two. This is one A and one B. He says, "Love your neighbor as yourself." Don't just be good by loving God and, and following the rules, but do good. Do good by loving people. So having integrity, what Jesus is saying here is having integrity can't just be about us. It needs to be about how we treat the people around us. It needs to be about how we are loving and take care of and help other people. Integrity is doing the right thing, yes, but Jesus is redefining what the right thing is. And he's saying the right thing isn't just in here, but the right thing is to how we treat other people. He even gives us a new commandment in John 13, 34 through 35. He says, so I give you a new commandment. Love each other just as much as I have loved you. For when you demonstrate the same love I have for you by loving one another, everyone knows that you are my true followers. So to be a Christian, to be a Christ follower, we are to love other people. But what happens? What happens when we run into situations where we are supposed to help other people? What happens when we have that choice? So we're going to go back to How Not to Be the Worst Game Show, and we are going to bring out our contestants for How Not to Be the Worst Game Show. Everybody give me a hand. 
Hello. All right. Welcome to my show. This is not your show, Boris. What do you mean? Every other time you come up here, it is the, the Boris bunker. Okay, yes. But this is a different show. This is how not to be the worst game show. Oh, I'm very good at not being worst at things. Okay, let us see. Yeah. Let me introduce you to our contestants tonight. Tonight we have Angie. Where's my macchiato? You promised me a macchiato on the show. I did not do it. Where is it? Huh? I'm going to get Tony on macchiato. you. Macchiato. Tony! You bet once. Yeah. I have do not know who Tony is, but I would not be confident that he will not break your ankles. Okay. Boris, thank you. We all. Hello, I know it's been a while since you've seen me, beautiful people. I was down with a terrible case of the yak flu, but I have made it, obviously. And Sedona. Hi, I'm really happy to be here. Um, can I switch, like, podiums with him? Because I'm not in the light as much, and, like... I should be in the limelight, you know what I mean? <laughs> I like her, yeah. I like her. No, yeah. I think that's a good lighting for you. This is gonna what be quite is, a... What is limelight? Is lime. this flavored light? Yes. That's taste crazy. It right now, go. Huh. Can you taste it? Oh, I do taste it. it that's does. crazy. Yeah, you okay, can. yes. Uh-huh. Okay, so this is gonna be an interesting lineup. I'm not guaranteed this is gonna go away. Well, okay, so, uh, can I ask you guys the first question? It'll be this. This is the first scenario. You see somebody drop their wallet, what would you do? Angie? Oh, <laughs> honey, that's easy. I'm taking it. I'm taking it and I am running. I'm calling Frankie. I'm going to the nicest restaurant I know, the Olive Garden, and we're going to get unlimited soup salad breadsticks. That's what I'm doing. I'm taking it. I'm Why going. Why the Olive Garden? Have you ever been there? Do yeah. you want to sass me again? Who's, I thought it was Frankie. Who's Tony? Are you questioning me? Boris, why don't you answer the question? Okay, I answer the question. Uh, well, this depends on how much wall uh, money is in the wallet because this determines how long a uh, sentence in the gulag is when I get caught for stealing it. Um, but usually where I am from, we just use uh, beets that are chopped into coins and then dried as currency. So you do hard day work, you uh, take all your bitcoins home, and then you count them, and then you put them in boiling water, and then you have a nice borscht for dinner. I have no idea what you said. I don't either, Sedona. I'm surprised there's a limited breadsticks. I've never heard of such treasure. They're so good, you're wow, so good. Wow, okay, yes. Sedona. Awesome. I like her. No, yeah, you wanted yeah. to talk about the scenario. No, I will. Okay, so like <laughs> the thing about me um, is like my entire identity is based off of what I wear. Um, like it's all about the exterior for me because I know if people ever see on the interior, they're not <laughs> gonna be interested anymore. Yeah, so like it's all about the exterior, baby. So I would totally use that wallet as my online shopping fund. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like your honesty. Having known you for a short while, I did pick up all of this in a short moment, yes. Awesome. Okay, next scenario. You and your siblings are in trouble with your parents, but you know it's your fault and not theirs. Do you own it or do you let your sibling take the fall? Honey, look at me. I'm an angel. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I ain't going down for that. I'm getting Tony on him. That's what I'm doing. That's exactly what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what you just said, no. Tony, you're gonna get Tony. Do you have a sibling? I already told you what I'm gonna do. Okay, Boris. Okay, this scenario is impossible because uh, my siblings were eaten by woolly buffalo during the Great War of 3023. That doesn't make sense. I'm a time traveler. I could have stopped so much history. I don't know. Move on. I don't know where you're going. Move on. Sedona? Huh. 
Sedona, would you like yeah. to answer the question? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. Um, thanks so much for asking. Yeah, so like I do have siblings, unfortunately. Um, I actually refer to them as my indentured servants. Um, yeah, so they like work for me. So if I'm ever in a position of like being in trouble, I just like completely throw them under the bus and they know that if they don't take the blame, they'll face the punishment later. <laughs> <laughs> what would that punishment be? I'm like a really terrible person. Um, and so like I'll get, I'll just Google like really good punishments for like animals. That's smart. That's yeah. smart. A and then... Angle, could you um, help Tony to protect? Angie! <laughs> Angie, could you help Tony to help protect me from this scary woman? No. Okay. <laughs> I like last her. scenario, anyway. I think we can uh, here's friends. the last question. You see someone getting made fun of. What do you do? <laughs> I'm joining that. Of course, no. I am joining and making fun of you. I mean, come on. You should be made fun of. Look at you. You need a spray tan. You need your haircut. You need your nails trimmed. Honey, you need to come to my salon. Why Free are you looking at me? Are we not this talking is, about you? No, it's not talking about me. We're not trying to make fun of me. We're just a scenario. Angie, Angie, yeah, yeah. preach. Thank you, preach. I like you. I like you want to come work at my salon? You want to go get a coffee? Yeah, I love awesome. coffee, macchiatos. Ooh, and we can get our nails done. Oh yeah. my can gosh. You? Can Bo you move? Boris, why don't you, you answer move? the question? I would love to answer the question. Uh, where I come from, we are generally uh, wearing camouflage and trying to blend in as much as possible. So if I were to see someone being made fun of, I would immediately hide. Because this would mean that there is a large predatory bird about to rain terror upon all of the village. Unless they are wearing silly shoes, then I would join in because silly shoes are my favorite. To make fun of? Yes. Okay. Why would you wear silly shoes? Just wear boots. They are more utilitarian. -esque. You see those? Her what are you shoes are very silly. What are you pointing at? Do you want to come at me? Her shoes have a barnyard on them. Where? <laughs> you better watch it. Sedona? Yeah. Oh, I'm okay. Once again, I get I'm asking yeah, you about yeah. the question. Yeah, yeah I thought okay. we'd get it by the third time around. It's For okay. real. Okay. I can hurt you with my words. Ooh. I know. Okay. I would love to see okay. that. You should do so it. So here's the thing. If someone is getting made fun of, it's my philosophy to join in. Because here's the truth. I have this fear where if the jokes stop for other people, they might turn to me. And I'm like super broken inside and I can't handle that. So yeah, I always like yeah. project on other people and I bring them down so I don't get brought down. <laughs> She's smart. <laughs> my boyfriend's crazy though and he's in jail and he'll shank you. You guys are the worst. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, if, this, if the show was how to be the worst, you would win. Thank Me. you. Yeah, for sure. That's not the I name win, of the show, I'm though. But, uh, thank you guys for playing. <laughs> oh, where you, you go now? Yeah, you can okay. go now if you'd okay. like. Make sure you visit my salon, though. Boris, hold on to that sword. I'm going to. I'm terrified of these yes, people. Absolutely. So when you have the choice, when it comes to other people, to do good, I don't think that we, we might automatically assume it's the choice, like for them, it was like, do I do bad or do I do good? And for us, I don't think that, I think we are a little bit more, uh, we have a little bit stronger moral compass, hopefully, than those three, uh, as far as when a situation comes up that affects another person. The decision isn't always, do I do good or do I do evil? But I think the more dangerous choice, and still a choice that has to be made, is the choice is do the right thing or do nothing. Which one is it going to be? Because I think 
oftentimes, our, our, you know, a friend, they, they need help with lunch money. They forgot their lunch money. And all of a sudden, we have a choice. Do we help them or do we not help them? That's, that's really the choice. Do something or do nothing? Do I spend time with my grandparents who, who are all about, they're just living at home and, and they don't really get out that much and, and they could use some company. Do I go over there and hang out with them or not? Do I not go there? You're not trying, you're not actively trying to do something like evil to your grandparents, but you could either do the right thing, a good thing, or nothing. Do I clean up after dinner? Do we, you know, do the dinner's over and the dishes are on the table? Do I pick up the dishes and do I take them to the sink and maybe work on the dishes for my parents? Or do I just go to my room and hang out and, and, and hop on, you know, hop online or do, do whatever I normally do? Do I attend my siblings' awful elementary school concert where you know the music is going to be terrible and it's going to be an hour and a half of recorders and you're like, I don't want to go. Do you go because you want to support your sibling and do the, what would be called the good thing or just not go? You're not trying to ruin your sibling's concert by any means. You're just either do the right thing or do nothing. That's the tension we experience in our life. Why? Why is there a tension there to do the right thing for someone or to do nothing? Why is it? It's because it costs us. It costs us something. It could cost us literally money. Our friend needs, uh, our friend needs some help with lunch money. I give him some money. Now I'm out some money for helping that other person. If I did nothing, I would have money. But doing the right thing sometimes costs us. It might cost us time. I don't have time to go to my grandparents' house. If I go there and I spend time with my grandparents and they're going to tell me about how it was living in the 1970s, I have no idea how old your grandparents are. It's mind-boggling to me. I don't want to get into it. But, or, or do I spend my time on something that I want to do? Because if I go with them, I'm going to have less time to do what I want to do. It's going to cost me time. It might cost popularity. It might cost you comfort. It might cost you convenience. The cost is where integrity comes. Remember, remember, integrity is doing the right thing, even if it costs us. And there are times, there are times in our life when other people are relying on you to do the right thing. Our integrity is meant to lift other people up. But when our integrity isn't strong, we fail people. For instance, uh, me and Pastor Will, we were doing this, another illustration, okay? We did a lot of these stupid things uh, back then. And so we were in a hot tub in the middle of a service, and we were practicing baptizing each other for the kids. We were showing how to baptize, and we were just being idiots in a hot tub, okay? Uh, it's just two dudes in a hot tub. It's not weird. And so we're doing this, okay? And so now we have to get out of said hot tub. And I climb out of the hot tub, and we have splashed water all over the place, okay? And this was back when we were in, in kids' church over there, okay? And that floor, when it got wet, was notoriously slippery. It, you, you would, there's, every one of us on staff has slipped and fell because the, the floor was wet and we didn't know it. So I knew this, but I thought it would be funny to just pretend like I was going to carry, past, pick, like far, firemen's carry Pastor Will out of the hot tub and away. At no point in my mind was I going, I'm going to carry Pastor Will on this wet, slippery floor. But in Pastor Will's mind, something very different was going on. He said, Joe is going to carry me across this very wet, slippery floor. And so there was this moment where I'm supposed to be holding him up, 
And all of a sudden, I feel his weight coming down on me. And I'm like, I'm not going to carry you. This is not. So I step away, okay? The problem was, is at that moment, he was getting out of the hot tub. And one leg was out of the hot tub. And the other leg was not out of the hot tub, which put the railing of the hot tub kind of right, right about here, okay? And then he was kind of in my arms, and then I let him fall, which then he then fell, and, uh, you know, he, he began to sing soprano opera at that moment, okay? <laughs> and he, he hits the rail, and he just fetals immediately and falls onto the floor out of the hot tub, and we have to, like, drag him out of the room because he's in so much pain. In that moment, he was relying on me. But my, the integrity of, like, me, my legs, the wet floor, everything around me said, the integrity of this situation will not hold my friend up. So I bailed on him. And he got hurt because of me. I will admit, it was kind of my fault. Then I think he should have, I thought he knew I was joking. We were not on the same page in that moment. But when it comes to our integrity, doing the right thing, there are people who are counting on us to do the right thing. And when our integrity fails, we hurt them. Lacking integrity hurts. Showing integrity helps. And in, the, in, in your life, there's going to be times when if you show integrity, you will help lift people up. So Jesus says, love me, but also love other people. Love me by, by being good, but also love people by, by doing good. But then he takes it a whole nother level, like a whole nother step up because he wants to make sure he really gets this across. And so he says it in a little bit differently in Luke 6. He says this, but to you who are willing to listen, I say this, love your enemies. We don't, we don't want to do that. I, and I love how he's like, but to you who are willing to listen, because he knows not everybody's going to be willing to listen to this. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks. And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. That's the golden rule right there. We call it treat other people the way you would want to be treated. If you want to be treated with integrity, treat other people with integrity. But th this whole this statement right here is, is crazy, completely opposite of what we would say today. We would not say, if love your enemies. We would say, make fun of your enemies, hate your enemies, like troll your enemies online. Do good to those who hate you? No, we would not say that. Bless those who curse you? No, we would say curse those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you? No, it would be hurt those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, you slap them on the other cheek. You don't give your other cheek, but that's what the world would tell us to do. But Jesus is flipping that all up on its head and he's giving us this definition of what doing good and what integrity is that is just kind of hard to swallow. But this is why, and he keeps talking, he says it this way. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, 
Why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend you. And so he's making this statement of, if you only love, if you only do good, if you only loan money out to people who you like, then there is no difference between you, who are a Christ follower, and the rest of the world. And he's saying, I want us you who follow me to be different. Now it's not just do good to the people you like. Now it's do good to everyone everywhere. He's saying your integrity, how you treat other people, what you do for other people, shouldn't have any kind of stipulations or any kind of, well, I will do that for that person if they do this for me. I will do this because they did this for me. You you can't do, there can't be any rules. There can't be any of those things because you don't get to choose anymore. I had, uh, my, my wife, I, I, have, I have a 06 Toyota Tundra, and the, the stereo in it has a, had a CD player in it, and it was one where it was just a CD player and a radio. And so you can't really hook up a, a phone to that at all, and I didn't have any CDs that I liked to listen to anymore, okay? So I didn't have any way to listen to music on my phone, in my truck, or anything like that. And so last Father's Day, my family, my kids and and wife, bought me a new car stereo. And they had it installed, so I came home from a trip that I was on, and when I got home, my truck had a new car stereo. And it had the Bluetooth and all of this thing, so now I was able to do all that stuff. I was very excited because I could listen to the music that I wanted to listen to. Well, about four months later, I get into my truck, and I go to turn on my stereo, and there is no stereo. There are wires and all of the things, but there is no car stereo. So somebody in the middle of the night had stolen my car stereo. So as this happens, I'm like, well, this, this stinks. Like, obviously, somebody... Let me stole it. That's unfortunate. And I'm kind of mad. I'm mad. Like, I just got this car stereo. Now I went from having at least the radio to nothing in the car. So now I just have to hum to myself, okay? And so my kids, they get in the car and they're like, Dad, play a song. I want to hear this song. They, they have very particular taste on their music. And they're like, I want to hear this song. And I'm like, I can't. Somebody stole my car stereo. And they get, they get mad. They're like, Dad call the police, okay? You need to call the police right now. And they're like, I hope they go to prison. They start laying into this person. They're like, Dad, how bad are you going to beat them up when you find them? They're like, they're out for blood in this moment. And yes, it's true. This person who stole my car stereo, they showed zero integrity. They showed absolutely no integrity when they got into my truck pulled out my stereo, and walked away with it. And so I have this choice in that moment. And my kids are mad and all these things, and I'm I'm going, "What, what is supposed to be my response in this moment? But when we look through this verse that we just read, my response, according to Jesus, needs to honestly just say, well, I wish them on their merry way. I've, I've, there's days where I get frustrated that I don't have a stereo, and I kind of start to get mad at that person again. But then I guess kind of have to go, well, Maybe they were in such a bad position that they needed to steal a car stereo to make some money to feed themselves. And if I helped feed this person by them stealing my car stereo, which was a nice car stereo, but it wasn't like the end-all, be-all of car stereos, then that has to be fine with me if I want to follow Christ and live my life the way he wants me to live. Jesus didn't 
want me to get even. Jesus doesn't want us to get even when we are wronged. And so in this moment, we have this choice of doing good even to those who wrong us, even to our enemies. And we go, but they did all of these things. And the world would say, if someone does wrong to you, you're supposed to get even with them. But Jesus doesn't want us to get even. Why? Because he wants us to live a life of, an in, of integrity. And integrity is a life on the high road. And people who will, you will experience people in life who will not be living this kind of life. And the only way, they're going to be down here. And the only way to get even is to get down to their level. And Jesus says, no, let it go. Don't get even. You, justice is mine. I'll take care of it. You continue to live that life of integrity. And focusing on being good, just being good, that, that's good. But Jesus wants you to do more. He wants you to do good. Because a life of being good, you probably won't get into very much trouble. You will live a good life. You will live a blessed life. Life will, will go well for you. There's plenty of scripture that says if, you, if you're just a good person, usually good things happen in life. But doing good offers you so much more. Proverbs 11.25 says, The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be prosper, or will be refreshed. So living outside of ourselves, not just worrying about am I a good person, am I doing being good, but am I doing good? Am I living the life that Jesus asked his followers to live, where I am treating other people, I am helping other people, I'm doing the right thing, I'm doing right by people, whether I like them or not, whether they're my friend, my family, my foe, any of them, all of the people, am I doing right by them? If I live that kind of life, I will live a prosperous and I will live a refreshing life. And that's the life that Jesus wants when he says, follow me. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. Thank you. Thank you that you have showed us a better way to live. And sometimes it's gonna be hard and sometimes it's gonna cost us, but we understand that you know what you're doing. And if you tell us that this is the best way to live, then we trust you. And I pray, Lord, that in these moments as we go on and we, we try and live a life of integrity by being good and doing good, in those moments, God, I pray, Lord, that you would be with us. You would give us the strength, God. You would help us to stay upright and looking towards our future and what it means to live a life following you. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.